Welcome to How to Be a Human Being in the World, the podcast that showcases the strength, resilience, and humanity in all of us and provides a space where you can embrace the messy parts of life. We've all got them and unapologetically be more of who you really are. I'm your host, Dr. Kathleen Young. I'm a psychiatrist, certified life coach, and I'm also a human, just like you. Pull up a seat as we bear witness to the healing, connection, and inspiration that comes from the stories of our lives. Welcome back to How to Be a Human Being in the World. In this episode, I am going to talk about how to deal with being on the receiving end of hard feedback from a friend. And I came up with this idea because a friend of mine reached out to me after she listened to the podcast episode I did on navigating conflict in friendships. I believe it was episode 19, if I'm recalling correctly. And she said to me that episode brought up a lot of thoughts and feelings for her as she was listening to it. And she asked if I could share my ideas and my advice on how to deal when you are on the receiving end of hard feedback from friends. Like, how do you deal with that? Because I don't think we always deal well with it. And in addition, she wanted me to talk about how to make it safe for your friends to share hard feedback with you. Because that's the other thing. I don't think we spend a lot of time thinking about how we can create comfort and safety for our friends to be able to be honest with us. And so it's not just, you know, one-sided, but really in a relationship, it's thinking about how do you create safety for the other person to come to you? And also, how do you deal when somebody tells you something that you may not want to hear? And so while these are really two different topics, I think they really go together and they're really important as I think about friendships. I know I mentioned this in the last episode that I've been spending a lot of time thinking about friendships and romantic relationships. So I thought this would be a great opportunity to do a follow-up episode to address these questions. And Also, as a way to encourage any of you out there who are listening who may have some follow-up questions to any of the topics that I'm bringing up in these episodes, and you know, I'm happy, just let me know, reach out. I'm happy to talk more about any of these topics and, you know, nuances of them or, or certain aspects of them that you think would be helpful. So for those of you who didn't listen to episode 19, I talked about in that episode about ways it can be hard to navigate conflict in relationships, specifically in friendships, and the reasons why many people just avoid it altogether, often to the point of losing or giving up their friendships. And one of the biggest reasons people do this, I believe, is our discomfort in being honest about how we feel and when we are upset with our friends. You know, being honest about your feelings can really put you in a very vulnerable position. And when it's not received well, you know, that doesn't feel good. And so I think, you know, not bringing these things up is protective. It's something we do to protect ourselves from harm, but it also impacts the ability to create intimacy in your friendships. So I wanted to talk about this difficulty we have working through a rupture in the friendship, a conflict, and following that through to the repair. So let's get started. Let's talk about how to handle being on the receiving end of hard feedback from a friend, which Definitely is not always easy, even for the least defensive, most secure people out there. It it can be tough. 
And it takes a lot of courage and self-love and self-compassion, I think. You know, self-compassion in that, like, yeah, this feels really crappy and I'm doing my best. But it also takes love and compassion for the friend who is coming to you, for this person who's decided to come to you and be honest and say what's on their mind. It's not easy. And sometimes I think we take that for granted. That like that person is coming to us to give us feedback because the relationship is important to them. And I think we take for granted that that can be really hard. So the first thing I want to say is I think it's so, so important to assume positive intent from your friends. If you can, I mean, you know, this is the most important thing, actually, because if you can drop into a space of assuming positive intent when it comes to your friends, this will put your friend at ease, right? The person who's giving the feedback will be more at ease if you can show up in a way that you assume they have positive intent almost immediately. When we're about to discuss something difficult with somebody who is listening to us from a place of love, that can really be very disarming. You know, you might feel some trepidation about bringing this to them, but when you know that the person is really caring and open and in a loving space and really ready to hear what you have to say, it makes that conversation go so much easier. But if you know that they're on edge and they're one step away from jumping down your throat, that's when we tend to, and people are angry, that's when we tend to want to avoid it. So when somebody says they need to talk to you, I think the best thing you can do is to assume they have positive intent, assume that your friend loves you and wants the best for you. Now, I know this isn't always true, and sometimes these discussions can definitely go left. I've been there on both sides (laughs) because there are times when people deliver their feedback in this like intentionally hurtful way. Like they can be mean. And I think sometimes that's subconscious. I think people, they try to have these conversations while they're still angry. And so then sometimes they'll say things that are actually mean. I don't think that they always set out to be hurtful, but in the end, they end up saying hurtful things and being mean. So I do want to recognize that like, yes, that's not, it doesn't always feel like there's positive intent, but I think your friends probably set out with positive intent and they may end up saying something hurtful. So trying to have compassion for that. And I think that also, you know, there maybe there are times when they're just trying to be mean, but that is probably the exception rather than the norm. And most of the time, our friends really want to just clear the air and get things back to normal whenever and wherever possible. So when it does go left and it feels hurtful, I wonder if sometimes that happens, at least in part, because they may be responding to your defensiveness, to the defensiveness on the person who is on the receiving end. And that's not to blame you for their behavior, but more to point out how much our demeanor can change when we engage with a person who is on the defensive, right? So if you know somebody's already going to be on the defensive, you may approach them in a totally different way than if you believe that they really love you and that they're open to receiving what you want to say. So assume positive intent and that your friend loves you. And secondly, number two, let your emotions die down. (laughs) And really remember that you don't have to respond right away. So if they say something to you and you feel yourself being angry or defensive or wanting to lash out, take that pause and let your emotions die down. You can let your friend know, hey, I've received this. I hear you. And I want to think about it before I respond. And while you're taking that time and space to think about how you want to respond or to cool down, I want to encourage you to really process what your friend has said to you. 
If your initial reaction is intense and negative, there's probably something in there in what they've said that you want to explore or look at a little bit more closely. Usually we aren't triggered or activated in this way unless there's a part of us or a part of the information that feels true for us and we don't want it to be true. (laughs) So when you receive this information, if you have a strong reaction to it, ask yourself, How is this true? How is what my friend is telling me true? And usually you'll find a grain of truth in there. You know, I was in, I've said this before, maybe I haven't, but I do think I have. I was in a group therapy, like a therapy group for like, I don't know, ever, six years, seven years, some really long time. And I used to get like really triggered by one of the members in the group who just seemed really needy to me. I know that's a terrible word, but like that's what was really happening. And I think it's important for me to be honest and transparent in this podcast. And, you know, just every time this person would say something, it just really got under my skin. And those of you who know me well can know exactly what I'm talking about. And what I realized over my time in the group is that I am very uncomfortable asking for what I need and taking up space and owning my needs and what I need from people. And when other people do it, I feel incredibly uncomfortable and annoyed and even angry at them. And once I was able to see that not everyone in the group was equally irritated by this person, it allowed me to see that this was like less about what the person was doing and the person and more about what was going on inside of me. And it was it was it took a long time. I don't want to make it seem like I just had this aha moment. I just had to realize over time that like, you know, not everybody's having the same strong reaction. So why am I having this same this strong reaction? And so while you know, this example is about me feeling triggered or activated. I'm going to use the word activated. I think the word triggered is used way too broadly these days and has sort of deviated from its intended meaning. So I was feeling activated by this person in the group, but that, and it was in a group setting, but this activation is ultimately what's happening when somebody gives you feedback and you get really upset about it. So I recommend that you take time to process your feelings and really understand why you're feeling so upset about what they just said instead of reacting in the moment, you know, in a negative way and dismissing or dismissing what the person has to say straight away, but really taking time to understand, like, why is this bothering me so much? And then you can decide whether you agree with what they're saying or what parts of what they're saying you might agree with and acknowledge where you agree, if you do agree to them, like say, you know, I agree with this part, but not this part or whatever it is. But I think it's important to be honest in your discussion with them. And that I think is the hard part, right? That's the part that's hard because it requires to say like, you know, to be able to say like, yeah, I agree with you. And this is where it was wrong requires a level of vulnerability that many people just aren't comfortable with. Like, it's amazing to me how hard it can be to admit when you've been wrong. But I mean, look, I have trouble doing it too, but I think a lot of people have trouble admitting it because we believe that we should never hurt people, that we should always do the right thing, that we should always get it right. And so it it can be really hard to put yourself in a position of admitting that you did something wrong or that you no longer think was okay. But usually we don't get upset about things that don't have a grain of truth. Like somebody, I, a coach I follow uses this example a lot. But if someone were to tell me that they didn't like my blue hair, I wouldn't get angry because I don't have blue hair. So there's nothing true about that. I would just think they were strange for even saying something like that. But when something sa- somebody says something 
that has some element of truth in it, that's when it you can see some more intense feelings arise. So if somebody tells me I'm being selfish, that may activate a stronger reaction from me because I can be selfish. I mean, truthfully, we all can be selfish, but I know this to be true about myself and it's something I don't always like about myself. So when people bring it to my attention, I can get defensive. So think about that. Think about why it's upsetting and then decide whether you want to apologize to that person and for what. What would you do differently? What would you want to change? Is there a way in which you feel sorry? But the bottom line is I want you to allow yourself to be vulnerable. That's, again, that's probably the hardest part, but it is the very thing that will allow you to grow and for your relationship with your friend, your friendship to deepen and get stronger. So I would say, you know, hear them, take a step back if you need to for a little bit of time and tell your friend, I'm going to come back to this. And when you're ready to come back to it, thank your friend for their honesty. But, you know, however you want to handle it, the key is to communicate with them instead of just letting this fester and your friendship die. If it's important to you, the key is to communicate. So before I transition and talk about how to make it safe for your friends to share hard feedback with you, I think it's important to start by talking about why it feels unsafe to do so in the first place, like why we don't feel safe to share hard feedback with people. And the main reason is because people get defensive. And when they get defensive, they usually respond in an angry way because they feel hurt or threatened or something. And so that can be triggering or activating to the person delivering the feedback because, you know, most of us don't want to hurt people's feelings. We're taught from a very young age that it's bad to hurt other people, so it's bad to hurt their feelings. So we'd almost rather swallow our anger and discomfort and be resentful rather than to upset somebody else, even though then we just end up withdrawing from the friendship and, you know, fading away and losing a friend. But we'd rather do that than to be in the position of upsetting someone else. And I think in general, we are uncomfortable with anger. Women especially, but we're uncomfortable with anger, so we avoid it at all costs. And, you know, people, and I think what goes along with this is that people lash out when they're angry. So it's not just that we're uncomfortable with anger, we're uncomfortable with it because we worry about lashing out. But I think when people lash out at us, people lash out when they're angry. We just don't want to be on the receiving end of that. I mean, I definitely don't. So I understand why it's tempting to avoid the confrontation in the first place when the risk is that someone will lash out. But the reality is we can't control how other people feel and how they receive the information and how they respond to it. And sometimes, if not most of the time, it actually turns out better than we predict it will if we go into it assuming positive intent. If we give people the benefit of the doubt, sometimes we're worried we're going to have this horrible confrontation and it actually doesn't go quite like that. So we build it up in our head as something's going to be terrible and then it, it ends up not being as bad as we predicted. So how do we make it safe? I'll come back to the question that was originally posed to me. How do we make it safe for people to tell us how they are feeling when their feelings are negative, how to give us that hard feedback so that they don't feel like they have to avoid us and risk a more permanent fracture in the relationship. And I think the key here with this question is to focus on the love you have for your friend. So when you think the best of people, 
who you love and care about and assume they have positive intent, this will give you the best shot for being in a neutral and loving headspace when you receive the feedback and it will put the person delivering the feedback at ease. And then you can take your time to, like I said before, you, you know, assume positive intent. It's like the same stuff, just from different angles, right? And take the time you need to respond. If you don't blow up or get defensive or go on the defensive, I really hate when people take the opportunity to turn it around on me. Like if I bring something to their attention, they're like, but you did this. You know, they turn it around on me and tell me all the things that I do wrong and all the things I don't, they don't like about me when I'm trying to talk about something that they did. I mean, that's the like fastest way to like shut someone else down on the other side and ensure that they'll never come back to you again and talk to you about something. But I really despise that. So if you can try not to go on the defensive or turn it around and deflect back onto that person, that will go a long way. I think it's important to just be able to receive it. I think people do that. I just got to go back a second. I think people do that because it almost feels like a justification. You know, it's like, yeah, I might have done that thing, but like you did all these other things. So it makes it okay or it evens out or it cancels, you know, they cancel it out. So we don't even need to talk about it. So if you want to create safety for someone to talk to you, you want to be able to receive the information. And even if you have to take time to respond, to make sure you're not responding in a defensive way and you're not deflecting it back on them. So to receive the information, process the feedback without needing to respond, apologize if you want, and if you feel like you're sorry, if you don't, you can say, hey, you know, I hear you. The friendship's important to me. I think in this situation, we're going to have to agree to disagree. And can we resolve it from there? That's a way to handle it. You don't have to say you're sorry if you're not sorry. And I'm a big believer in this. If you aren't sorry, don't say you're sorry. But the important thing is to try to receive it as much as possible without defensiveness. And if you can't respond without defensiveness, then take the time you need to do so. This will go a long way in helping your friends feel comfortable coming to you with hard feedback. I promise. And I want to end this discussion with one last thing. I want to talk briefly about how do you get more comfortable delivering feedback? Because that's she didn't ask me that, but you know, I think that's the third part of this. Because ultimately, you know, it's not the responsibility of other people to make us feel safe. That may make it easier for us to do. And, you know, if they want to preserve their friendship with you and be able to complete this rupture and repair cycle or process, you know, when there's a conflict and then repairing the relationship probably is your best interest to put some effort into creating safety for people to communicate with you. But ultimately, it's not other people's responsibility to make us feel safe. It is our responsibility to be honest. And if you want to show up authentically in your friendships, then it's on you to tell the truth about how you feel, even when it's hard. So in that situation, I would say instead of looking to the other person to take responsibility of creating comfort and safety. And again, you know, we want our friends to do that. And many of them will make the effort to do that. But I think it's important for you also to focus on how you can deliver information in a kind, loving, and supportive way. So even if they're not going out of their way to create safety for you, if you can find ways to deliver information in a safe way, that will also improve that interaction. Okay, so you could focus on how you want to show up in that interaction. And I would encourage you to think about what you would want if you were on the receiving end of hard feedback. How would you want your friend to, to handle it? How would you want them to talk to you about it? 
and then go do all those things. The most important thing here is to focus on how you can deliver feedback in a kind way. Because like I said before, sometimes we hide behind the truth as a way of hurting people and we're just mean. And I love it. People will say, I was just being honest. I was just using radical honesty, that radical honesty, which can be used to hurt other people. But, you know, when really we're saying something mean to just get back at them for what they did. So how can you come to them in a kind and loving way that does, you know, reflect the respect that you have for the relationship? It's not... Because if you show up, you know, in this mean, radical honesty <laughs> way, and I'm using, I shouldn't say, because radical honesty actually is an important concept, but I think people say it's just radical honesty when they're just being mean. And when you do that, that's going to back, backfire. So I want you to get, if we're going to be honest, I want you to get honest with yourself and ask yourself, why do I feel compelled to give my friend this feedback? What am I trying to accomplish here? How can I say this in a kind and loving way? Because if you go to them out of anger, it's going to backfire. So once you can get clean about your intentions, then go have the conversation. And if you're still feeling angry or resentful, don't have the conversation. You may need to wait a little longer for those feelings to pass before you can have a productive conversation that doesn't end up with mean things being exchanged. I say this a lot in my coaching, and so I'm going to say it here. When we take actions that are driven by negative emotions, it seldom yields the result we actually want, which in this situation is to resolve the issue and repair the fracture and the friendship. So if you start to go to your friend and you feel mad, that's probably not going to yield what you want. You're probably not going to get the outcome that you want. So think about approaching them when you're really focused on how can I make things better in this friendship versus like, I'm really pissed off and I, and I need to talk to this person right now. So that's all I have for today. If you have any more questions about this, reach out, please. I hope this was helpful and I will see you next time. Are you ready to have the life you actually want instead of the life you think you should want? Or maybe you just want to start having more fun. Either way, I can help. Head on over to my website, www.drkathleenyoungcoaching, that's Kathleen with a K, dot com. Or you can find me on Instagram or Facebook at drkathleenyoung.coaching. You can sign up for a free consultation on my website and we can talk about the life you want to create and see whether group or one-on-one -on -one life coaching is right for you. Midlife doesn't have to be a crisis. It's never too late to create the rest of your story. Thanks for listening to this episode and see you next time.